Hello and welcome to Ronin Fans on the Perfect Attic Podcast where we talk more Euro 2020 matches and less over 18 content. Today on the podcast I am joined by German football expert Arvin Badel. I think first of all I'm not going to waffle too much, I just want to say to everyone listen to this who probably will listen to this the next morning, let's take a deep breath and relax after this crazy crazy day of football. These two games, possibly two of the, the best games I've ever seen internationally, even at club level, absolutely incredible for my recent memory. And I just want everyone to, to get water, get some crisps, get some walkers, uh, it's not sponsorship, get something and just chill because, no, Arvid, have you got some water next to you? Just I just need to know, you know, treat my yeah, guests I'm, fairly. I'm just going to drink it now, actually. Just yeah, yeah, some yeah, yeah. I need to hear stuff. that. I need to hear that. I need to hear that. You know, give me some ASMR. Oof. This is really turning into your only fans now, mate. Just relax yourself. This is your only fans, <laughs> not your only fans. This is not Karina Kopf. This is... Perfect that trick, but well, yeah, she's so good looking. Yeah, yeah, not better looking than Jan Summer though. I mean, we could talk about one hundred percent. Or we could start by going straight to the Parker Stadium in Copenhagen, where Spain came out top in a goal thriller. Yeah, I know everyone wants to listen about the France game, but let's not forget, before this crazy six-goal thriller that happened just recently, there was an eight-goal thriller in Denmark between Croatia and Spain that went to extra time. There was bare extra time goals. Everything was crazy. Um, And fa- and Spain finally decided to find their, their shooting boots in this game. They've been so dead the whole tournament. I mean, Arvin, what was, what was the key to Spain winning this game today? They were really good, in my opinion. Um, yeah, they're really good. I feel like, you know, especially over the last few games that we saw, obviously, apart from the 5-0 Spain win, uh, they're just, I don't know, a bit lethargic when they were passing the ball around. It was very side-to-side boring, like you mentioned before. And I'm pretty sure you hate that type of football anyway. So, um, mm. yeah, it was just a bit side-to-side. I do think it was a bit of a combination of poor defences from each side. That like Croatia's defence was awful. Domagoj Vida, I don't know what got into him. But Croatia just looked like a ghost of themselves of when they looked, you know, World Cup um, 2018. But, yeah, I don't know what's happened to them. But especially for me... It, as well, Croatia, the person up front doesn't really help the fact that, you know, there wasn't really much going forward at that point until Orsic came on. So they just didn't really, throughout, throughout the, most of the game, they just didn't really threaten um, Spain at, at all, to be honest. I think it was very comfortable for them. Yeah, I mean, there's, I say Spain played very good in the midfield. Busquets, since he's coming for Rodri, he is that guy that they really needed. I feel they missed him and, you know, Spain's midfield was key to them. My question is, the wings, Torres did well today. Obviously, Oyazaba, when he came on, did very well. Uh, who's the other winger that I was playing before? I believe it was Sarabia, he did very Sarabia. well. Yeah. And And it seems to be clicking up front. I don't think there's many issues with how they're playing. My issue for Spain is that defence. And <laughs> I saw probably about 10 shots that could have gone in from Pau Torres, especially when he came in. I don't know if Pau Torres was... I generally, I'm not, being, I'm not joking here. I'm sure he bunned the zoot before coming on the pitch today. He was out of bearings. What was he on? I mean, Laporte as well. What is? What do you think is going wrong with the defensive tactics for Spain, Arvin? Well, I mean, when Eric Garcia came in, I mean, they kept a clean sheet last game with him and they looked good for the majority of this game with him. So I don't understand why he was taken off. I mean, at some point, he just becomes a player that, you know, he's very good on the ball. I feel like... It, 
he's almost more of a central midfielder, especially comparing the fact that I I really think that he's a bit too small for a centre back. You know, five foot nine isn't really big for, especially with aerial jewels. But I feel like he did really well today, especially you know up against physical stri strikers. Obviously, Vlasic was there. Um, I can't, I can't remember who the striker, who the other striker was, but um, don't yeah, ask no. me. <laughs> but you know, I I expected him to be physical. Obviously, Kramaric wasn't in there. Orsic wasn't in there, which was a bit of a surprise for me. But you know, he could, he did well. You know, he kept a not clean sheet, but he only conceded one goal up to that point. But Paul Torres, man, his marking everything was wrong today about him. And even before that, he didn't he didn't really look confident at that point. You know, they drew twice. Wasn't really his fault, I'd say, but he just never he, he's, he hasn't really looked composed. He hasn't really looked himself from, you know, obviously his Villarreal days. But yeah, that's just I don't know. I just I just much rather prefer to have Eric Garcia. I just think he's such a better player. Exactly, Torres. <laughs> um, yeah, Europa League winner, but today, oh, like I said, this guy was zooted when he came on the pitch. But I like I just want to mention on the script here, you put whether Spain have enough quality to beat France. And if that's not foreshadowing for, you know, our English teacher from GCSEs, I don't know what it really is. She'll give you a great nine for that. But let's let's talk about some of these players. Whether you mentioned they have enough quality. Morata, you know, for me personally, I think Morata is a fraud of a footballer personally. I don't know how he reached this pro level. But today, no, his hold-up play, everything that finished, you know, you said it wasn't great. But the volley, it was just perfect connection, technique. Everything was great about it. And today, he was just so, so good. You know, when he's in confidence... You know, the hatchery against Stoke, the goal against United, he plays well. But, you know, when he's not, he's poor. But, yeah, what do you think about Morata today? Are you impressed by his performance? Well, I said before I wasn't really impressed by the goal because I don't think it was top ins. I thought, you know, keeper could have certainly done better, especially with the other goal that Oyazabra scored as well. So, I think, you know, keeper had a bit of a mare in that department. But, yeah, no, Morata, especially his whole something that you know usually his touch lets him down there's a lot of things that in his game where he just doesn't click for him uh, I don't really understand what it is about Morata because at Juventus especially at the start of the season he was doing really well for Juventus he was getting a lot of Champions League goals so I, I don't really know what it is about him when when he's good you know when he wants to be good he, he does turn it on and he is a very good player um, turn it on as in not uh, sexually wide <laughs> but yeah you get what I mean uh, but it's just oh I just he he was good today, but then again, Croatia's defense. I'm sorry, I have to label that as a you know as a major factor to why Spain won the game. They were just disgustingly awful. And I realized that when Croatia, yeah, I realized when Croatia had Lovren, they played much better. Mm. When you know our guy Kaleta Char, we're very much aware from our you know FIFA lockdown days. Kaleta Char <laughs> is such a dead. I mean, he does look. I mean, as as a guy, he doesn't have good looks, but as a player, he is he is trash. And I'm not gonna lie, it is quite tragic for Spain. But you know, overall from Spain, they will be playing. Did I always forget they will be playing? I think it is Switzerland, Switzerland, yeah. yeah. Switzerland and next. And I just love how in the script you were so confident of France. But they Yeah, no, be... I was actually I was actually writing the script in like the eighteenth minute when I thought, okay, France are actually gonna win this game because they're somehow gonna uh, scum their way through or shit ass their way through the victory and I was mm. like okay this is this is shit ass all over again but you know what fair enough I mean I, I wanted Switzerland to win actually we'll get into it we'll get into it yeah and I think it's fair to talk about Croatia um, first of all the way they knocked out England in 2018 I'm happy I, I clapped like do you know when the plane lands and you just clap and when the, I don't know if you know about that the little English I don't know but that's how I thought Croatia I was just clapping when they got knocked out great great scenes but in, I know you. I think this is a talking point. Just to agree that they're this isn't the golden generation. Before they had Paris, I can name all these players. You know, Perisic, Mandzukic, all these other guys. 
they don't have much of a future, you can say, fair enough. This is probably the Croatia, they'll be down to the lower, lower levels of international football from now on. But majority of the game, they were really poor, not like the World Cup finalists, and not many key players in the squad at all. Um, but yeah, how would you talk about Croatia before they before we kind of sign out for them for the tournament? Well, I mean, going from Rakitic, Brozovic, Modric, Perisic, or the itches of 2018, you know, they were just... Mm. I don't know. They were, there was just something. There was a togetherness about them. Lovren, Domogoy Vida, uh, the you know the left left back and the right back. I can't remember who they were to be honest. But yeah, even even them as you know as a unit as well. Um, Handanovic. Um, yeah, they were just sorry. Why, why am I talking about Handanovic? Super. Six, Slovenia, I don't know. They were just. Yeah, they were just more together as a unit. And I, don't, I can't really understand how it's been such a rapid decline. I mean, I didn't see Perisic for one. Two, Mandzukic didn't get called up because I think, you know, he hasn't really... I don't think he even has a club yet. So, yeah, I just think, you know, Croatia, you know, now that the players are getting older and older, they're just dropping off. Yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the bottom line of it, I think, for Croatia. Is that, not, I mean, really, not really any... Yeah. Mm. Not really any young talents either, not anyone that I can really point out to and say, wow, he's been amazing, apart from Luka Modric in the final few minutes where he did actually contribute to a lot mm. of things. I mean, Kaleta Char is quite young, but is he a young talent? Orsic, I, I think he is quite young. Kovacic, 27. Mm. No, there's, there's no real, there's nothing really there. I think, like I mentioned, that is the bottom line. This team is ageing. They, they, the defence today was awful. The attack wasn't great. Fair play to them. They came back in that game. Good, good character. But in extra time, when you throw on Oya Zabo, you throw on all these other great players, you're gonna you're gonna collapse. But Spain, I think I'm impressed by Spain. Not gonna lie, I do like what I'm seeing. It's just that defense, but the attack can save them through many games. And yeah, Croatia, very very poor. But I think it is time. It is time to talk about this game, the big big game where the frogs got knocked out by Nishal FC, and we will now talk about France versus Switzerland, three three four five Switzerland on penalties. So yeah, there's there's a lot to talk about for this game. It's a shame we only do short podcasts because if this was two months ago, we would have been talking about this for, I'm sure, at least an hour and 20 minutes, at least. And let's start by France. <laughs> France, who will not be playing against Spain. Just to remind everyone who doesn't know that already, they'll not be going through. And yeah, what went wrong for France today? Because this is what I think personally. I'll say my point. It's three things. The cockiness of, oh, we're France, we're going to win. Number two is the tactics trying to copy Switzerland's formation, is that needed? And number three, Karen Benzema starting. I mean, what are your thoughts on them three points and your own points as well? Uh, to be fair, I only think he uh, put on that uh, lineup because I think they didn't really have a left-back at that point. Dinia was out, Lucas Hernandez was out. Um, yeah, they just didn't really have a left-back. But I can't understand, I don't know, Rabio playing there. At least play Kingsley Coman and there's someone who actually has a bit of pace on the wings and, you know, can get back as you might have been needed to in this game. And as he showed in the, in the you know, in the later stages of the game, he did actually contribute to a bit. So fair enough to him. But um, yeah, for France today, I, I, I don't know, to be honest. Again, it's just the cockiness. Yeah, that's for one. I, I don't think I saw many of the players being cocky. I'm going to be honest. I thought they just... It should have been a routine win for France. I'm going to be honest. It should have been. It, they should have They should have been expecting to play Spain by by now. You know, been not packing from the tournament, not been sent packing, but at least, you know, prepare for Spain in about, I don't know, 
about four days time but it's just it doesn't make sense to me the fact that first of all what you know the change of formation we're not used to something i have seen a lot of this uh, recently of the three at the back so i think germany can also you know as also culprits so, you know trying to trying a new system which not all the players benefit from and i think sometimes you just try and fit as much quality in there as possible for example you try and fit mbappe griezmann benzema kante pogba all these great players but then again you have to always think of the fact that it's not just you play to look you play to look good you play to win the game and that's what switzerland did for me you know they nullified apart from the after the penalty miss they nullified most of the things that you know france usually relied on which is for one space space you know they need and i did mention this before i think when you again with the hungry game when you don't give france space they literally can't do anything because mbappe again he's not a player that will stand still get away from many players Popper can pick out a pass, but yeah, again, if you don't restrict him, if you restrict him to tight spaces, you won't really be able to do much. And that's exactly what Switzerland did for me. And they were just incredible today. So taking nothing away from them, but France, when you're 3-1 up, you, you you finish the game. That's it. You don't, you don't concede two goals, especially a team of their quality. That's just their own downfall. I thought three one. It was going to be routine. And I was, I'm not going to lie, I was out at that stage. I was looking at my phone. I saw... Okay, Seferovic has scored. Is, is there is there a chance? And I saw no in our group chat they have offside. Oh, oh, like screaming and stuff like that. And I was mm. like, have they scored? And then Gavanovic, the guy who scored about four offside goals against Wales, gets a late last minute goal. Absolutely incredible scenes. But you know, we'll talk about this amazing, amazing champion Switzerland team in a second. But I think it's fair to talk about the Kylian Mbappe situation. It is a big talking point. After he missed, I just saw him walking over. Uh, it was it. I did feel a second-hand embarrassment. He was just walking over. He, fair enough. He didn't cry. He didn't collapse to the floor and uh, seek attention. He took it like a man. He walked off and went straight to the tunnel. I mean, do you think it's weird that no players kind of consoled him, like you'd see at another club? I mean, before I was saying like um, uh, F France. I don't really like the and that's true. I don't, I'd, I've never really liked France. I think Didier Deschamps is a bit of a fraud because the the amount of quality that he has, he plays low blocks and counter attacks. I just think he could do so much more. But you know that's the way they play, and you know that's the knockout stage in the end. But against low block teams, he doesn't really switch it at any point. So that's just stupid of him. But yeah, Kylian Mbappe, I did feel really bad for him. As I said, you know nobody wants to see that for, to happen to, especially a young player him, because you never want him to lose confidence because he is such a good player. But you know this is only test his mentality. But again, going back to the consoling players thing. Yeah, it's just a bit dumb to be honest. I think when you want a player like him to keep confidence, and I wouldn't say you do a lot of it because you don't want to muddy cuddle the players so like he feels sheltered. But you know you do have to take the loss on the chin. But I feel like you know as a teammate, especially you do need to come round to each other and you know say it's you know these things happen. It's happened to Ronaldo. It's happened to Messi. It's happened to but it's happened to the best of us. So yeah. Um, the whole situation with that, I, I just can't understand it. I think, you know, that just shows again the fact that this France team maybe might not be a close unit in the changing rooms, but, you know, we can only speculate from here on in. But from what it's shown on the pitch, not really. If you, anyone who listens to Susan's TikTok, you see all them memes of the France team after the World Cup final, and they're like, Kylian Mbappe, that song where they're all together. And I thought they're such a good unit. And now I'm seeing this and I'm like, that was for the cameras. That was for the cameras for sure absolutely insane but you know on a more positive note Paul Pogba today even when I turned mm. back on that TV Pogba played a delicious outside the ball pass to the left wing back at the time he obviously scored today and 
for France, might have been the best midfielder in the world when he's playing for France by a country mile. I know Kimmich, Arvin, you're going to start crying about Kimmich, but when Pogba's playing for France, no, yeah, there's no. no one coming near him at all. I mean, do you agree with that statement? 100%. I feel like Pogba, I've started, I bought, again, I told you before, I watched him for 2015 when he played an absolute blind against Bayern. They went like 2 0 up and then we came out 4 2, obviously, because we are amazing. I'm joking, but yeah. They, yeah, he played sick that game. And from then, from then on, in, you know, he was just an incredible player. And I think he's always that player that. I feel like from the mentality he has, he needs to be coached into a position where he can unlock his ta- talent. I feel like Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is just a waste man, to be honest. I don't think mm. he's capable of, you know, I, I did think at the start, you know, when he, when he started his uh, Manchester United tenure, I did think he got the best out of Pogba because in that same season, he got about 13 goals and nine assists, if I remember correctly. Mm. And I think, OK, maybe that might have been the turning point because I, I would have thought that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is very, I don't know, good man good player to coach management and stuff like that so I thought you know instead of using the tactics he might have that instead but it just really hasn't worked out and for him I'd seriously consider move away because a player of his talent I do think he is lazy sometimes I do I don't I do think sometimes he doesn't really help himself because he doesn't always deliver to his best he's well I mean to be honest he's probably getting a doping test at this point as mm. stupid wafer but yeah no um yeah, that, with Pogba, just move away from United, man. It's just toxic. Unless a new manager comes in. But this guy, when he's on this game, yes, he is the best midfielder in the world because he's got everything in his locker. Absolutely everything. I think it's such a specialist position that he needs to play. He needs to be in a role where there's very little defensive responsibilities. I don't think he's a very good defender covering you know, the space when the wingbacks go forward. And there's not much... Going forward, you know, he needs to have a lot of freedom where he can do whatever he wants. That's when he can pick out them passes. But then you just think, can you not just press him and then you'll win the ball? But this is a debate for another day. In my opinion, the best in field in the world on this day. But, yeah, we talked about France. Uh, first of all, I just got to say, you know, France, very, very unlucky. I'm so, so sad for you. All right, are we stopped recording? Okay. Oh, good. Are you still recording? Okay. I don't actually care about France, by the way. Okay. Yeah. But time to talk about Switzerland. Um... Oh, I'm just so happy to talk about Switzerland because you know mm. before the game I did say they potentially could cause an upset on a different kind of stream and I thought this team is a unit they're they're second to none the way they play and you know Granit Xhaka set up today I think it's fair to start with the captain captain fantastic should we put it to that kind of point number yeah, ten one hundred percent Granit Xhaka I mean, yeah. yeah go on go on go on you say yeah. your thing. I don't have anything to say. I was going to ask you how you thought about Xhaka today. Sweet. I mean, I did turn into like a Switzerland ultra during, you know, the game and the group chat. I mean, I don't know what came over me. I just, mm. I had an absolute despise for France at that point. But yeah, not, not right now. But um, yeah, Granit Xhaka, oh my days. This guy was picking up passes like it was nothing. Literally, Andres Iniesta today, 100%. The, mm. I don't know, the Swiss Iniesta, whatever you want to call him, Stockport. I don't know, Stockport. Jack or whatever yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you want to call him but yeah he was amazing today he was oh my god this guy was picking up balls left right and centre that pass he just delayed it for a second just so that space would open up and then you fed it to um, oh what's his name the guy who scored the third goal um, Gavranovic uh, yeah Gavranovic uh, Gravanovic. Yeah, he just he just delayed it for a second. That was so clever of him. And, you know, every time I watched him, he'd be playing over top balls. I don't know what this is. A bit similar to Pogba, to be honest. This guy just is a different animal at 
you know, for his country. And at Arsenal, he's just, I don't know. I wouldn't say limited because I'd still think that he's an important player for Arsenal because when, when he doesn't play for them, they do tend to struggle quite a lot. But for, for Switzerland, man, this guy takes some serious responsibility on his shoulder because when when he... Especially in that midfield with Kante and Pogba, the amount of pressure you have on you to at least hold the midfield so that you don't get overrun. And the way he handled that for me was just incredible because he was always getting to positions where he would never get tackled at any point and he was able to pick out passes with you know with ease, to be honest. And this guy was immense today. He was wow, he he really shocked me. I think wow is the the kind of where we finish this kind of segment off on Xhaka. But I say four players that really perform for their countries but for their clubs. It's a little bit sad. Shaka, Vinaldum, Renato Sanchez. I was going to say another one. Paul Pogba. That's it. Them four for their country are literally, you know, mm. like I said, inhaling illicit substances. But you no, know, let's talk more about Switzerland's team as a whole today. Uh, you know, they were three-one down and they came back late on. Like I said at the start, amazing team spirit to still hold on an extra time. They still could have got the winner then. They to go on a penalty, score all five against Hugo Lloris, who's not a joke. But definitely should not be, you know, a penalty expert in the future. But, you know, just I want to know the team performance. What was really key today as a team, as a unit? What kind of was it? First, just get the lineups back out because I think like Switzerland did something really interesting here. And uh, if I can just get the players up for a minute and, and I'll explain it now, actually. So whenever, whenever you know, it was either Griezmann, you know, dropping in and, you know, trying to dribble past, and uh, or if it was uh, Paul Pogba or something like that, they'd always use their centre-backs at some point, like Ricardo Rodriguez and Elvedi, they'd push up, and then Stefan Zuba and Vidma would just tuck in at centre-backs almost, just to, just so that no spaces was really opened up within the um, within the Switzerland back line. And I think that was really clever, especially Bro Embolo coming back, and you know he was picking up the loose balls that the defence had dropped, and then he was dribbling out with these. I saw that continuously every single time. I don't know whether that was worked on in training, but that was really clever. You know, that's one of the tactical things I'd really have to say that that wowed me because I saw Brian Below continuously, you know, he was in his own half collecting Switzerland's loose balls, you know, away from Pogba, away from Kante, and he was just continuously dribbling out. I saw that throughout the majority of the game, and it was just incredible to see. I don't know whether it was worked on, but it was very clever. You know, Rodriguez, Elvedi stepping up, just apply pressure to Griezmann or whoever was on the ball in the attack for France. And then Vidma and Zuba just tucking in the centre-back so no spaces were opened up, which I thought was really, really clever. Yeah, so what you're saying is the centre-backs are kind of pressing the, the invert forward yeah. tight. And now, yeah. 100%, yeah, 100%. I think that's the way to play because, again, that's restricting space. And obviously, when you have Xhaka there, who's obviously a bit more defensive-minded as well, maybe a bit reckless at times, but, you know, he was always covered by the full-backs, which, which I think stayed very disciplined today. I feel like the full-backs for, um, for Switzerland were key and they ran their socks off. Mm. Yeah, I think France do play quite narrow. They like Griezmann operating, and they don't like Mbappe too wide. So mm. they all kind of come centrally. And when you press them centrally and you allow them to come wide, then it's going to cause cross into the box where you have Elvedi, uh, Kanji, who all win the crosses and, against these other guys. And that's why I'd say uh, Kingsley Coman really benefited from that because he was that natural wide player that would just stay out there. And that's why he caused a lot of issues because when they were tucking in, there was no one mm. really yeah. to come out yeah. to him because... because France were always creating the um, wide overloads on the left-hand side with Rabiot and Coman, which 
which I think was working really well at that point. And that's another thing I had to say. But, you know, it was done too late on in the game. And, you know, they couldn't really benefit. Obviously, Croman hit the crossbar. But that's why, to be honest, France just weren't on it today. And they, they were for about maybe 10 minutes or so. The second half was a slight improvement. The first half was absolute, you know, they just didn't do anything, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And this game... I think you'll probably agree with me, Alvin. It was probably the best game in Euro's history. I think it's fair to say that. You know, the, usually with penalties, you should usually see a nil-nil game, a 1-1, something like that. But this is a 3-all, late comeback game. Everything you need, extra time. Nine penalties scored. Ah, uh, nah, honestly, absolutely insane. And yeah, to be honest, I think we've kind of wrapped up quite a lot. We've talked about most of the key points on here on this kind of script, apart from whether Spain have enough quality to up front to beat France. Apart from that, we've covered this whole kind of thing. And, and broke it down. But yeah, apart from that, we'll be talking about quickly who will be playing in the next round. France, unfortunately, will not be in the next round, like I said. Switzerland will be against... Uh, Alvin, you're going to have to remind me here. Spain. Spain. Oh, I'm literally... Um, I don't know. It's it's 12, it's 12 in the morning. Uh, Spain will be playing against Switzerland. The draw in that bracket will be looking a bit easier now because you have Belgium Italy on one side, but you don't have France and Spain on the other, which is, I think, most most neutrals would have expected you know france spain and then belgium italy on the same side of the draw and then battling out for the semi-finals mm. but it could be switzerland and you know to be honest they're a very good side so switzerland denmark czech republic all made into the quarter so far and it'll be one of sweden ukraine then england germany so this is yeah, definitely so not Germ- germany will go through tomorrow uh oh yeah they'll be going through in four years time at the world cup against no Paris, my, my home country will go through they will prevail uh, Fortunately, I'm going to have to end this podcast due to the deluded <laughs> manner of one of our guests. Just joking. But yeah, we'll talk about that game tomorrow. Obviously, the review, we'll see what happens. Uh, maybe have a special guest on on a kind of group one session podcast. We'll see what happens. But apart from that, guys, we'll see you tomorrow morning. Take care. I hope you enjoyed and make sure to keep things perfect.